Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, author Andre Fenton. so attracted to all those classic films and must-see new TV series that hinge on solving a mystery. Well, just think how satisfied we feel when the mystery is revealed, and it always is. Or is it something else? Do all these entertainments just keep us from the frustration of trying to solve the many mysteries in our own lives? The title character in Andre Fenton's Annika has plenty of mysteries swirling in her teenage brain. She doesn't know why her mother took her from Yarmouth to Halifax ten years ago, breaking the bond she'd built with her grandparents and childhood friends. She doesn't know who her father is. And she certainly doesn't know that an imaginary friend from her youth could be the key to solving those mysteries and more. Andre Fenton joins me on the line now to tell us more about the mystery he's woven into his latest novel. Andre, welcome to Book Me. Hi, thank you for having me. When we meet Annika, she's already rejected that name. She goes by Anna now. Uh, She's nearing the end of grade 11 in Halifax, thinking about what she's going to do that summer to start saving for money for college following grade 12. But suddenly, everything changes one day. What what sets the story in motion? It starts at, uh, at her high school where she gets a call from her mother saying that her grandfather had just uh, passed away, which leads into immediately the next day where um, Annika, who now goes by Anna, is going to Yarmouth with her mother. And on the way there, she's reflecting a lot about the time that she spent there living with her grandparents and her mom in their family home that used to be there. Uh, Anna is really kind of conflicted knowing that she left so much of herself back there and, and never visited within the 10 year gap of when she had left. And she's worried that uh, when she might get there, that her grandmother might not remember her as she, uh, as she's struggling with Alzheimer's. And um, that's one of Anna's biggest fears. And at the back of her mind, she knows she has a friend waiting for her to I should say, her good friend Tia, who was uh, her best real-life friend when she was a kid, and another friend who she never really uh, told many people about, her imaginary friend named Clay. Anna carried a lot of guilt for a long time, knowing that she left Clay behind in Yarmouth, because she was always afraid what would happen if she revealed her imaginary friend to to the world, and those are her main kind of fears, coming back to this place where she spent a good chunk of her childhood. Um, One of the quotes in the book is that, for so long, I wanted to return to Yarmouth, but I wasn't ready for any of it. I wasn't ready to return to a memory that didn't remember me. As you mentioned, she she has to deal with a lot all of a sudden. I mean, as you say, her grandfather has died. She does find out quite painfully that her grandmother indeed does have dementia. You seem very attuned to loss and and how it's felt by a young person. How did you come by that personally? One of the main inspirations of this book was um, the relationship that I had with my grandmother. When she had passed away five years ago, it was the first time I really felt lost on such a deep level. She only lived up the road for me, and we spent a lot of time together. 
I had been stuck in the idea of the stage of denial for so long after it happened. It wasn't until uh, I started thinking about the little things like not getting a call from her on my birthday anymore, not being able to have that presence and, and that wisdom in, in my life anymore. And for a long time, I've been always playing with the idea of writing a story about a young person and their imaginary friends. Writing the story, it was very healing for me. I, I, I had really deep feelings of grief while I was while I was writing this book. Well, when I started first developing it, and I kind of looked at it as a way to like pay tribute to my grandmother and a way to pay tribute to a lot of the black elders and in, in my community that we look up to and that we uh, that we know will always be there for us. You know, at least in yeah, our memories. Like, yeah, yeah. Your book seems to be a, a meditation on the story of our lives. Uh, we all have memories that seem vivid uh, about certain people, but we also have gaps, you know, both the things we never knew, the, uh, the so-called unknown unknowns, and the things that remain mysteries, the, the known unknowns. Is that something that underpins this novel? Yeah, I guess with the with the story of Annika, um, one of the things I wanted to explore was those family mysteries that a lot of us have, and and sometimes um, the adults in our life, you know, they sometimes are secret caps for different reasons. They could be to protect us or to make sure that we get on the right path, and and I think it all leads to the idea of. We, we don't really realize a lot of the sacrifices that our parents or our grandparents have to make for us and a lot of the pain that they might carry along the way so we can live a, a better, fulfilled life. And I think Annika's really struggling with that. I, I guess between trying to find out the history of her father and her trying to figure out a bit about her grandfather's life while kind of navigating the struggles around her own personal identity with her kind of not exactly being a fan of her first name. One of the main kind of safe spaces for her is her friendships. Uh, Tia always welcomes her back with open arms. And also, a lot of it is about kind of her reconnecting with Clay. Although it's not easy, it's the first time in her life where she knows that she has to put in a lot of work to reconnect with someone, you know. And, and I think that's kind of an important theme for young people to see. It's interesting. You mentioned Tia. I mean, Annika is rather introverted, and uh, Tia isn't. You know, she's sassy. She's very assertive. I, I, I got the feeling you really enjoyed creating her. Yeah, Tia's one of my favorite characters I've ever written. She, uh, She's definitely the friend you want on your side, regardless of the situation, you know. And, and it's good for the character of Annika, because she comes back so kind of... Um, depressed and and kind of just feels lost and tia is like this beacon of hope saying like hey i'm gonna make you feel at home while you're here and we're gonna do this together you know it's and this like is after a, a uh, 10-year absence yeah yeah you know tia is definitely the friend anybody wants to have you know <laughs> you've mentioned clay the imaginary friend from her childhood and lots of children have imaginary friends in their early years but you take the novel to a new level when we find out that Annika's imaginary friend has aged with her and, and re-enters her life. Tell us a bit about Clay without giving away too much of the story. I think Clay is a character that carries a lot of mystery, but through that he also is burdened with a lot of hurt. And a lot of that hurt is valid. Clay has this ability to recreate whatever's written in Anna's journal that she had when she was a kid. And while doing so, he spent a lot of time reliving those memories, knowing that he was too afraid to be seen by real people because he didn't know what would happen. Uh, most people have imaginary friends that 
aren't real. But one of the things I wanted to make with this novel is to make kind of like a real imaginary friend yes. that's, you know, physical, not going anywhere, but can also kind of hide in his realm, but also come back into the real world as he is. But um, yeah, Clay has been a character I've been drafting for years. There's a quote from him where he says in the book that he deserves to hold on to something other than pain. And um, I think that quote really represents him really well, knowing that he spent so much of his life kind of trapped in the idea of being a character in someone else's story, knowing that he deserves more. And he exists. He's quite bound to that journal that you mentioned uh, Annika has, a journal her grandfather gave her. It was a sort of an unfinished journal book of his. Why was the, a journal important as a vehicle for you? I guess I was always a journal kid growing up myself, and uh, it just felt supernatural to me, either from being in like junior high writing very outrageous stories about alien invasions in Halifax to going to <laughs> film school and writing down really like just neat short film ideas I had. I've always um, had a journal very close on my side, and this is definitely the play tribute to the, to the journal kids. Now, uh, Jayla, who is uh, Annika's mother, has been a single parent from the beginning, and Annika is now at an age when she's become curious about who her father was. How has she been dealing with that absence these 10 years since she was in Yarmouth? So when, when Annika and Jayla got to Halifax, they spent a lot of time together, but they also spent a lot of time apart, too. Uh, Jayla is a nationally recognized artist who oftentimes goes away for either commissions or national exhibits. And through there, uh, Annika had to had to spend a lot of time alone holding down the fort of their, their apartment in Halifax. And uh, through there, she, she was really lonely, and she... She was often left curious about her other side. She never knew the story of her father or where he come from or where he, or who he was or uh, what, did he, what he even looked like. And um, she always just felt like there was a missing piece to her. And um, when she comes back to Yarmouth, there's kind of this fear of maybe finding out but also being afraid to. And um, it's a lot of tension between Jayla and Annika when they get back because um, there's this one line in the book where Tia actually says to Annika that Yarmouth is too small of a place for strangers, you know, and yeah. she's definitely expecting to figure out part of the mystery through the return. So in, in many ways, she's trying to, to fill in those gaps in, mm-hmm. in her life, but again, there are risks involved with that. There's definitely a lot of emotional risk at play there. She's definitely worried about possibly fracturing the relationship with her mother along the way and um, definitely trying to uh, fill the emptiness that comes with grief, too, because as she gets there, because her grandfather passed away and her grandmother not remembering her, she really feels like she's left with nobody in in this town she hasn't been to in 10 years. Well, Andre, congratulations on delivering uh, such a a wonderful book, this mixture of mystery and, and... A certain amount of resolution. Thank you very much for joining us on Book uh, Me. Thank you. And, and you know, and, and yeah, this has been such a pleasure to write. It's, it's not very often we get to see uh, this type of novel, you know, like um, African Nova Scotian fantasy books. You know, I was just <laughs> very happful, happy to, to be able to, you know, write it. It's a niche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andre, thanks for joining us on Book Me. Uh, thank you for having me. Andre Fenton is the author of Annika. It's published by Nimbus.
We have dozens of conversations with people who create books in Atlantic Canada, authors, illustrators, editors, and designers. Everyone who brings works of research and imagination to you. They're all on bookmepodcast.ca. Tell the folks in your book club and everyone you know who's a reader. If you'd like to comment on a podcast like today's with Andre Fenton, our email address is info at bookmepodcast.ca. Whenever a new interview is added, we post an alert on Instagram at bookmepodcast. And if you're in the Lunenburg County area, a bonus. Our podcasts are broadcast every evening on the nonprofit radio station CHLU 93.7 FM, just before sign off around 9 o'clock. Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. Our producer is Robin Grant, and our assistant is Laura Hines. I'm Costas Halabrezos. Now, let's go read. Thank you.